Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. Team Week continues as we talk about App State. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. ECU was last week. We're starting to finish up talking about App State. Heading into ACC Media Days next week. Also, we'll be talking about the Charlotte 49ers football program going in to next season. So we still have some Mountaineer talk for you, though, right now. With a couple of rapid-fire questions. Figuring out exactly what the most important conference game is. The guy with the most pressure. Let's start with most important conference game. Wes, if you look at their schedule, we talked about it yesterday. Two out of their first three monster games at North Carolina and then at home against ECU. But once you get into conference play, Sunbelt, pretty good conference. We saw App State struggle last season with a losing record in conference. App State this year, according to Athlon Sports, is expected to finish fourth just within their division, not even just within the conference. The 2023 predictions, Athlon has them finishing fourth behind not only Coastal Carolina, but also Marshall and James Madison. So if they're coming in at fourth and you have a couple of those schools at home, like Coastal, like Marshall, those are going to be more favorable matchups. I have Marshall being their most important conference game Mm -hmm. because you're going to go on the road two more times after that. You might get what is considered, I don't know, layup seems a little too harsh, but Georgia State is is picked to finish last in the division this upcoming season. You do have to play it on the road, though. And then you got a couple of tough opponents after that in James Madison on the road, and then you have Georgia Southern, your rival, the last game of the season. So if you get a big win against Marshall, you have a potential to rack up a few wins in a row, especially with Southern Miss being the game before that. So 11-4, you play Marshall. 11-11, you're on the road against Georgia State. 11-18, you're on the road against James Madison before you finish at home against Georgia Southern. I just think if you win against Marshall, a tough opponent, an opponent that's given you trouble the last couple of seasons, I think that goes a long way for you to finish this season on a high note. And eventually, look, 
they were just flirting with bowl eligibility, uh, eligibility last year. They were 500. I don't expect that to happen. I have high hopes for this App State team. I will expect them to win that game, but I do think that's the one I point to, even with some plenty of games to choose from. Coastal Carolina, very tough matchup. I go with Marshall being the most important conference game for them this upcoming year. Well, I think with all of the guys that they need to replace, we talked about the defensive issues. We talked about uh, the quarterback situation and it possibly being up in the air. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern because I think that these could be two teams that are sitting there still trying to figure out uh, where they're going to go in their season at that point. When you look at Athlon's preseason prognostications, they're talking about these guys being kind of similarly ilked, so to speak, because they picked App State 4, Georgia Southern 5, and also because of that get back. Okay, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska last year. They beat James Madison, but they beat App State to get to the postseason. Okay, they got extra weeks of football off of your back. And so that's got to stick in your crawl if you are App State. And this is a team that could be coming down the stretch needing all the wins that they can get. And so I think this is one you have to have. You talked about the rivalry. Georgia Southern, their defense returns only three starters. So this is going to be a unit with a lot of new pieces. But by the end of the year, they should have a little bit of chemistry. But they were not good at stopping the run last year. They gave up over 230 yards a game and nearly 32 points a game. What does App State love to do? They love to run that rock. So those running backs should be just drooling on themselves for what they could do to this defense. They got a Tulsa transfer in Davis Brand that will be there at quarterback. And they've got some good skill talent. They've got a running back, Jalen White, that ran for 900 yards and a couple of receivers that caught a decent amount of passes. But when you look at this team, I think this is a team that is in transition. We talked about new defensive coordinator, lots of new pieces there. So I think Georgia Southern could come down yet again to either of these teams hinging their bow hopes on a victory in this ball game. All right, yeah. I mean, tough. Look, Sunbelt's tough. I mean, we saw it last year. We saw Coastal Carolina, Marshall. It does help App State. They're both going to the mountain, and then also you are seeing Georgia Southern there. So, I mean, that's huge, right? Like, we, we'll we break down the schedule a little bit more tomorrow, but Coastal, Marshall, and Georgia Southern all taking place at Kid Brewer Stadium. Big-time advantage for App State this upcoming season. Home field advantage should help them in some of the tougher games in conference. Let's go to the figure with the most pressure very careful to not say player because i did want to include coaches here and if you include coaches wes do you have anybody with more pressure than sean clark this season or is that the answer their head coach that wins it as six and six yeah i think so because this is a program that does not take losing lightly this is a program that's gotten used to winning they're accustomed they're spoiled and they want to continue the tradition of winning football games and so i think that if he turns in another subpar year or year that's not up to their standards then fans are going to start looking at him and whether you could say yeah there's been a lot in transition and we've had to replace a lot of guys fans are going to start looking at you saying well hey where's the recruiting because Jerry Moore or Scott Satterfield or any of those guys could find the diamonds in the rough because that is what you have to do 
at App State. You're going to find diamonds in the rough. Now, I did look at their recruiting class, their commits, and their recruiting class was ranked 86 in the country, but they do have a four-star in tow. Grant Tucker out of Charlotte Christian here in Charlotte, North Carolina, listed as an athlete. So we'll see if he contributes immediately. So that looks good on your resume. And they've got plenty of three-stars, but then the fans are going to be looking at you saying, well, aren't you developing these guys? Shouldn't they be ready to play? So, yeah, man, I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for him if he cannot get the wins that they want. Sean Clark is the right answer. I'll give you another one that I don't think is that far off. Give me Ryan Berger. Ryan Berger stepping into a quarterback position. Pretty clearly, if you're going to play that spot at App State, then it's going to come with a lot of pressure, no doubt about it. I think what's added on to this, though, Wes, it's the fact that they haven't been without a good quarterback in quite some time. Zach Thomas, if you look at what he did at App State, ever since he took that starting job in 2018, he was a monster. 21 touchdowns to six interceptions, 28 touchdown passes to six interceptions in 18 and 19. 2020, the stats derailed just a little bit and throw for as many yards. I guess there was some question about him in that 2020 year, but at the same time, I still think a pretty damn good QB during his time on the mountain. So then when you transition to Chase Bryce after he transferred from Clemson to Duke, struggled at Duke, throwing a bazillion interceptions and then going to App State, really settled down. How about 27 touchdown passes in 2021, 11 interceptions, 27 touchdown passes again last year, except he cut down on the interceptions, even if it came sacrificing uh, fewer passing yards as well. Bottom line, you've had five straight years of a quarterback that you could depend on, and you've already gone through one transition where it went pretty well. People are high on Ryan Berger. People like him. Redshirt freshman, so he's not totally new to the college football scene. But if Sean Clark is the number one answer, I won't disagree with that. I do think there's quite a bit on Ryan Berger to come in and pick up right where they left off because they've already gone through one pretty decent transition after some question marks. If he doesn't play well or up to whatever expectations you have, you mentioned the spoiled fan base might not be all that kind to their starting QB. Yeah, not at all. And so you're talking about, too, a, a well-balanced offense last year that they had. You talk about Cameron Peoples, that is an undrafted free agent for the Carolina Panthers and what he was able to do last year. And then App State, though, they ranked top 20 nationally in passing touchdowns, turnovers lost, and passing efficiency. So this was an offense that was able to get it down, get it done on the ground and in the air. So Ryan Berger definitely has uh, large shoes to fill and he will get the chance to do so uh, early on against teams whose defenses aren't necessarily, I wouldn't look at them and say these are the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers from back in the day. We know North Carolina's defense and what they represent. They've got some good linebackers, but I think you and I and Fiddy could go out there and probably get 35 on uh, North Carolina. East Carolina is also another team that is out there as well that we talked about their defensive struggles and how many guys they need to replace. So Ryan Berger is going to have a lot of opportunity to establish himself early uh, as a force to be reckoned with at the quarterback position and make good on the hype that everybody has placed upon him. So here we are talking about the talent on App State, but one of the questions surrounding a lot of the big-time group of five schools, it's the NIL system and how much of an effect it's going to have on an App State or even an ECU. When We talked about them last week, having a good 
football tradition. How much does NIL hurt App State and even a team like ECU? Is this a program you could see potentially becoming a farm system, or is there enough there to say, no, this is a legit football school? They'll be just fine with NIL. Yeah, every school is going to have players come and go now, especially in this era of the transfer portal. But if you are a great player at App State, it is going to get harder and harder to keep those guys in school because the big schools are going to come and call them with the bags of money that's going to be hard for App State to keep up with. They could end up becoming a farm system. You have to get kids that are really committed to what you do, but at the same time, this is also a program that a lot of these kids who do get illusions of grandeur and go to schools that uh, that may be a little bit above the player that they are, that when that doesn't work out, App State is going to always be a top choice because of the pedigree. So I think it kind of works both ways from them. They're going to get enough talent, especially high-end talent, that's going to bounce back from the FBS schools that will help them to be able to compete in the Sun Belt. But at the same time, they're going to have to get a little bit leery. Like if a Ryan Berger comes out and has a fantastic freshman season, you have to start getting nervous uh, in Boone because you know that there are going to be schools that say, oh, yeah, there's a kid down at App that looks like a pretty good player. Let's give him a couple million dollars to come up here and be our guy. So th- those are some of the real worries if you're a program like App State. Any App State fans out there, feel free to text us your thoughts after what we had to say. 704-570-9610. We'll read some of those texts on the other side of the break while also discussing the Charlotte Hornets after the Hornets have operated this offseason. Are you just ready right now for the new regime to take over? We'll get to it on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Oftentimes during the break, conversations consist of Fiddy trying to get me off of the game a little bit. Trying to study here, look at an article by Bill Barnwell doing the what if scenario. What if Chris McCaffrey didn't get traded to San Francisco? And here you are just shouting out nonsense that, of course, I can't repeat over the airwaves because it's not that kind of conversation that I can have. Um, I mean, I think you're allowed to talk about me cussing out the Mets pitcher on the radio. Oh, is that right? Is that what you want to get? That was the conversation (laughs) I was referencing. It's one nothing, by the way, going in the bottom of the first. I love that Jose Quintana is helping the White Sox once again. His lone all-star appearance. It's not that this makes me feel old. It's just that it makes me realize how long I've been out of baseball. That Quintana is still in the league after I probably stopped watching more. So around 2016, 17, 16 was his last, it was his only all-star appearance. And now he's helping us out again. 
us being the White Sox. Go Chicago, man. You know, I got the MLB TV subscription. I could give it to you, and you could get back invested. Same for you, Wes. You want to stay up late whenever Otani becomes a Mariner. That's true. You could come in dragging ass, but staying up till 2 a.m. <laughs> to watch that guy play baseball, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, no doubt. If Shohei signs with the Mariners, are you going to start watching baseball a little more? Uh, probably not, but, uh, I'm going to still cop his Jersey. What would it take to get you to watch baseball more? And this is coming from someone that doesn't really watch all that much right now. Uh, I want to, I would love to get back into the game. I always joke about how once I got into sports radio in North Carolina, I stopped watching baseball as much because the market just didn't call for it as much. I'm not saying you guys aren't out there. I know we do visit to the mound. I know there's a lot of Braves fans that want to hear Braves content, and maybe we should even do more of that. I know Leo Mazzoni takes care of a lot of that with Kyle Bailey, too. So, I mean, maybe we could, but it just isn't as important in a city that doesn't have Major League Baseball compared to Carolina and, I mean, even the Charlotte Hornets as – as much as they have not been winning yeah. lately, Charlotte still, there's people that want to hear about Hornets content. I watch a fair amount of postseason baseball, though, and especially as it gets closer. I do enjoy uh, watching that when there are stakes. It's just the fact that, like yeah. I said, there's 447 games in the season. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard to get juiced up to go watch regular season baseball like that. I like it when there's something on the line. So we've talked about this before. This is a classic Charlotte sports radio summer topic, but... If Charlotte did have a major league team, do you think you'd be more invested into baseball? Yeah, or, or, definitely. They would be my team for sure. Do you think it'd be a lasting effect? Because that will happen with me sometimes. Something new takes place. I'll check it out. And then eventually my interest deteriorates. I think if Charlotte had a baseball team, I definitely would be more invested and watch more. I definitely would, too. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. And I know we've talked about this. I, I know Kyle's talked about it a lot, too. Whether you could build a stadium in Uptown, I, I've seen some people say they specifically built that stadium in order for it to be able to be expanded, but not in that spot. It doesn't feel like you could have a Major League Baseball stadium at the spot where the Knights are playing right now. Yeah, I mean, as many seats as you would have to expand it to, then you're talking parking and things of that nature. I know they have the parking decks around there, but I right. think it would be a little bit congested, especially if you're playing games on a night where there are other things going mm -hmm. on. But I don't think it's impossible. But I and I would I would love it, right? It'd be a lot of fun. I would be totally invested and that would absolutely resurrect my love of baseball again. But I do love what the Charlotte Knights have going on over there too. Going to a Charlotte Knights game, it's a blast. The Knights are always I always feel like it's them in Indianapolis competing for attendance records in AAA. You have a great skyline in the outfield. You know, it's still a newer stadium. It's a great thing that they have going over there. No, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't want a Major League Baseball team. But also, it probably complicates it a little bit when you do have such a good thing going with your AAA affiliate. And plus, AAA, if you care about baseball all that much, you know that you have rehab assignments and yeah. big-time prospects that eventually go on to be stars, especially in the White Sox system. You had a lot of stars playing over there at Truist Field, like a Luis Robert, who his first at-bat, he had a ground rule double. Yohan Mankata, when they traded Chris Sale, they got Lucas Giolito. Michael Kopech. I mean, they had so many different top-notch baseball prospects. And you can see guys that have played in the major leagues before. Remember, like, Dion V. Basically, this is me naming off random Jim baseball Tony. players. But, well, yeah, that's back in the day. That's Fort Mill Knights, but right. Would you um, 
do you have any names or would you want them to be Carolina something or Charlotte something? And then would you have any nicknames right off the top of your head? That's a good question. That's a very good question. No, I don't have any nicknames at the top. I would of my want head. them to be Charlotte. Yeah, for some reason, it feels a little. It feels a little uh, ex- exclusive. Right? The New York teams are the only ones that are all inclusive as far as their name. Well, they have some. I mean, we well, we have Carolina. We have the Carolina Panthers. That's all. Inclusive. But I'm saying the MLB. I'm saying the New York teams are the oh the only M- teams I can think of that are all inclusive. Texas Rangers. I know you had the California Angels for a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, in NBA you have the Indiana Pacers instead of it being the Indianapolis like Indianapolis Colts, but yeah. Indiana Pacers. I don't know. What would you want, Fiddy? Do you care about having a baseball team here in the city? Oh, I mean, I would love for them to get a baseball team, preferably in the American League. I would like for it to be Charlotte something, not the Carolina something. Do we have a reason for that? Is it just because Charlotte we Pride was Charlotte yeah. Snob? Right, yeah, that's what it is, you know? and that's that's fine. That's we can it admit is. it, but I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've always wanted like maybe the nickname to be something with like with with because uh, you were first in flight or whatever. But I don't know, like, if the Charlotte, like, the, the Charlotte flights work. Well, sounds good. We've had AU team with that name, I believe. Well, that was a common name when we were trying to figure out what the expansion team was going to be. But of course, Bob Johnson decided to give the team his own name and name the Bobcats. But the Charlotte flight, especially when Michael Jordan was trying to figure out what kind of team name you could bring back instead of the Bobcats, too. I know flight was a really popular answer, and it's really cool. I love the idea of the Charlotte flight. Don't know if you have that with a baseball team, but I'd be fine with it. I'd want something a little minor leaguey, though. Minor league nicknames are the greatest. Yeah. They're so good. And so when Cleveland was looking for a new nickname, I was more of a fan of the Spiders. I pitched this the other day with a group of friends. Everybody else liked the Guardians more than the Spiders. I thought they were way off. I thought the Cleveland Spiders would have been badass. Well, and everybody thought initially when they were changing their name that they were going to go to the Spiders because that was their original name before. Right. I think that was a different Cleveland baseball team. It wasn't the team that became the Indians. It was something else. But, yeah, no, I I thought the Cleveland Spiders would have been – that would have been pretty awesome. I thought that would have been cool. So I want something very minor league-esque. We don't have to get crazy. We don't have to call them – the Charlotte Biscuits, even though I do love, maybe that'd be cool. <laughs> maybe we could do that, and it'd be what the, the mascot's name be Barry the Biscuit. <laughs> I would, I would. Barry the Biscuit could sponsor and put little berries in his thing. Look, if we could somehow negotiate with the Montgomery Biscuits to take their nickname, say, look, let's do it. Let's take the logo and all of it. I wouldn't be totally against it. That would be great. So maybe we Our could. Official state mammal of North Carolina is the gray squirrel. I don't know if that would go over well. <laughs> <laughs> the the Charlotte, Charlotte squirrels. squirrels, but I saw red wolves live here. I don't; they're not native to here. I, I think the Charlotte red wolves would be pretty good. All right, so you're trying to do the state bird stuff, like we're the car- yeah. I'm just trying to look animals, different things that North Carolina's known for to see what might work. So cardinal is the state bird. Yeah, but you've already got St. Right. Louis. Cardinals is kind of you know it's you popular know, now. You know, the Charlotte squirrels though that'd be a nutty baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> the Copperheads. Charlotte, that's more so, that reminds me of the arena football team. But isn't it when you hear new teams, none of them sound good to you until you hear it over and over and over and over? Because I remember when Carolina Panthers came and Charlotte Hornets, I was like, Carolina Panthers. I was like, "Eh, I don't know about that. But then now it's... You're I, used to it. I think you're right about the Panthers more so, just because it's it's hard to make that connection. 
And I know people, you know, I know the story, but it's kind of hard to make that connection. With the Hornets, see, I, I thought that was cool immediately. Hunter yeah. says uh, the Charlotte Pilots. I like that a lot. The Pilots are cool. That would be cool. It, there's a, there is a Pilots team out there, right? Am I wrong about that? Not an MLB. Just Portland Pilots, maybe yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I can't think of, of. any pilots named, <laughs> teams named Pilots that are in the mainstream. Oh, I like Mac from Mooresville. The Charlotte Moonshiners. <laughs> yeah. We just have to white. the game and get faded. What I would like is just to have a, a lightning bolt, kind of like the Charger mascot, except he could be white lightning. That'd be great. For Somebody said 610 number said they really like, I can't say exactly what they said, but they said they really like Copperhead. Yes, uh, they messed with Ooh, that. Ooh, the Charlotte Butchers for barbecue. That would be cool. The Butchers, then really we could have... Say what? <laughs> for barbecue? Yeah. Then we could have Benny the Butcher come perform? That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Butcher coming. Yeah. yeah, we could do that. That'd be great. Um, maybe here's your 704, who's coming up with like the most simple idea ever. Just keep it Charlotte Knights. Would you want to do that? No, we already. Oh, I like. You want to change it? I like uh, either. Well, somebody said Kyle S said the Carolina Reapers. That would be kind of dope. Oh, that would be that sweet. would be dope. I I could live with Carolina if we did Reapers. So if we did that because of the pepper, have yeah. you ever had a Carolina Reaper before? I have mm. not, and I won't. Yeah, I'll not. eat anything one time, but yeah. I uh, woo, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> yeah, I know you talked about some of the hottest stuff you've had. It was a Braveheart wing at Wild Wings, right, Fitty? Mm-hmm. Yep, I've done that, and I've done. I think I did something with the the Reaper stuff. Uh, let me just. It did not end well for my stomach. No, I can imagine not. So, what Ooh. about if we brought back the 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 Charlotte Sting and maybe make them the Stingers? The tie. I thought about that. I thought about that. Do you want a tie between your NBA team and your MLB team? I I, I want the colors. Like, they I think, all do it anyway. Yeah, I, I I want the colors to match. That's what I love about Pittsburgh is that they all have the same color scheme. That's the thing I'd want for for. And you kind of see with the Panthers, Hornets, and FC. Well, the Knights did. Yeah, I mean, but it so, doesn't look good. I don't think. I I wish the Knights would have kept it the same. To yeah. be honest with you, I, the color scheme is cool. I just objectively like blue more. But the color scheme changing, I just thought it was cool to have something different with the Knights. Would you want us to stay with the? Yeah, I did not like the color change they did. I love the black and gold for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but um, and I think gold is just very regal. But if if they did it, would you want them to stay with the blues and some of the things like that the Carolina teams? Because, like I said, the Knights changed to kind of tie in with everybody. The Hornets have the teal, Panthers black and blue. I think the Hornets and the Panthers are different enough, right? So mm-hmm. that that's what I would want. Can you throw something else in there where maybe you can have the tie-in? Maybe you could have some form of blue, but throw in something a little different. So I don't know what kind of color you would want to use. Does blue and gold work? For the gold rush? Blue and gold could be cool. I don't know. I haven't seen that together. I guess nobody thought purple and teal would work until it did. And then that was crazy enough. We've got some other ones in here. I like the pit masters. <laughs> Everybody's trying to That's go with some bad. Charlotte pit masters. That'd be cool. Um, Charlotte flares. The bootleggers. Vernon right in the bootleggers. We're trying to go alcohol the Charlotte related. Flares. The Charlotte flares. Woo! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, that would be... Yeah, Ric Flair would have to. He would be down to just be the mascot. He could just be that. If for the Bucks baseball wasn't team. taken, we could have been that because native to North Carolina is the white-tailed deer. What about sea bass or the channel bass? That's the state fish, right? We can go North Carolina channel bass. How lame would Charlotte that be? Charlotte channel bass. <laughs> I'm not sure there should be like the Charlotte fisherman or something like that with, with an actual. It would be so bad. 
It would not be good. You can continue to ride the Charlotte Racers, I guess, for NASCAR. You could have that. I thought Smoke about a NASCAR that. tie, too. I yeah. thought about that. Smoke would love it. Smoke would he. Now, here's the question, though. Would you transition from your favorite baseball team right now? No. I didn't think you would. You've got too much loyalty in that. Yeah, Although, unless you want to go to the Cowboys-Jets thought process, but that's you eventually why, stayed home. That's why I, I, I've said that, you know, if, if make him an AL team, then I would adopt him. But a lot of people think, get a little inside baseball, that it, when baseball does officially expand to 32, that they will reset the, 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 the leagues and the division. So there could be a scenario where I could get what I want, or they could be division rivals. I, I, I don't exactly know, but... I would not drop the Mets. I've spent too much money on the Mets <laughs> to then, to then leave them and adopt a an expansion team. Uh, we do have a great point coming in from trying to find sirloin hater, blue and gold. Isn't that the Warriors? Yeah, got a good point. I guess it does work. Yeah, blue and gold would work. That's the one I'd want. So we can have a tie-in for the major league teams and have something different. But the Golden State Warriors do not call it gold, I don't believe, or do they? Well, we no, will. No, I think they do. We, we will. We'll be different if we ever have the Charlotte Pilots or something like that come aboard. Yeah, I would I would change, I think. I think I would. I, I would always have some love for the White Sox. I wouldn't be able to completely quit them. So if we had a team here in Charlotte, then I would still – I'd pull for that team. But – I wouldn't completely abandon the White Sox. I'd pull for them as well. But if they played against each other, that's the all-time debate. If you have your old team, play the new team, which one would you pull for to truly get a sense of who takes priority? I'd pull for the Charlotte whatever. Charlotte yeah, man. traffic cones? <laughs> I'd, love to see, I'd love to see the merch because I feel like there's no more you know, salt of your town way to represent than wearing minor league team stuff. That's why I love wearing Knights stuff. Minor league hats. Why I own so many uh, Charlotte Knights hats or have owned. And I think that's such a great way to represent where you're from. Minor league hats are great. The Hickory Crawdads, I mean, I could not love them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Crawdads with the eyeballs poking out behind the capital H yeah. with the Crawdad tail. Plus, like... We're in the South. We call them crawdads, damn it. We're not crayfish, please. They yeah. nailed They nailed that minor league nickname. That's why Catawba County, represent, coming up with a great... Plus, I got to see Jurex and Profar play there. They've had some excellent guys come through that minor league system as well. That's been a lot of fun. Actually, you know what? I move that we actually take the crawdads out of Hickory and make it the major league team. That would be sweet. Crawdads, huh? Would you rather have the crawdads or the cannonballers? The crawdads. But the crawdads are so New Orleans to me, though. I mean, we, I've I mean seen, crawfish. Well, well, no, crawdads. See, that's the thing. We'll call them crawdads. That's that's country. Yeah. That's south. Crawdads. Okay? We can be the Charlotte crawdads or the Carolina crawdads, and I'd be down with it. Charlotte 100%. Lightning isn't bad. Syracuse DJ said the Carolina, the Charlotte Skrillas. <laughs> <laughs> that was straight cash, homie. Yeah. You, would have, you would have to be the PA announcer, the hype man. Definitely, you would have to do that. Yeah, that'd be lit. You have a big old hundred dollar bill as the mascot. All right, you can keep. Yeah, we got a lot of text. Call we can read bill. some of those nicknames. We do have to get to fire or fizzle in a moment as well, but not before a fitty flash. What you got, fitty? Give me one second. I got a little sidetracked. So right. real quick, the 980 said the Intimidators. I like that, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That's yeah. a classic. Yeah. Shout out to Dale. Raise hell, praise Dale. All yeah. right, Fitty Flash, <laughs> what you got? Fitty. Not going to lie, guys, because I was so involved in that conversation. 
Didn't write a flash script. So I'll just give you the scores around Major League Baseball. Your White Sox still lead 1-0 in the top of the second. Nothing-nothing between the D-backs and the Braves in the top of the sixth. The Brewers 3-0 over the Phillies in the bottom of the fourth. Hoggards Reds 4-0 over the Giants in the bottom of the fourth. Maybe that's why he couldn't go on a lunch run. He's in there watching baseball. Who would do such a thing? I don't know. And then in the bottom of the second, nothing-nothing between the Padres and the Blue Jays. All right, that is your MLB scoreboard update because Fitty wasn't paying attention during the break to a Fitty flash. So there he is going on the fly. Fire or fizzle? It's coming up next on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. that means it's time for fire or fizzle the staple of Wesson Walker coming up today NFL offseason moves it's international chess day we can talk about board games maybe a little bit later but Wes is playing chess not checkers by going something indirect related to chess how are these NFL teams moving on the board this time you like that you I like did that. I did so the best NFL offseason moves Fire or fizzle, according to Wes Bryant. We are going to start with Lamar Jackson getting paid. I think everybody that has listened to one hour of the show knows where you're going, but still tell the people if you think Lamar getting paid was a fire move. Well, Lord knows it was annoying at the beginning of the offseason. All we heard about was, is Lamar going to sign? Where can he get traded to? He was offered up to every team that you could ever think of. When was he going to sign his deal? Was he coming back to Baltimore? There was some doubt for a little while that that wasn't going to happen. And maybe, just maybe, he might end up in Carolina black and blue. But $135 million of fully guaranteed money later, and he was back in Baltimore. The youngest quarterback in NFL history to start a Pro Bowl game. MVP of the 2019 season. And for those who like to doubt the passing acumen of one Lamar Jackson, he's 13th all-time in the history of the NFL in passer rating. So the Baltimore Ravens locking up their young stud quarterback, Lamar Jackson, $135 million worth of guaranteed money was straight fire. That's my man, and don't you forget it. You don't let us. Trust me, we won't. Number two, Cincinnati signing Orlando Brown, protecting 
Eh, not so much your boy in Joe Burrow. <laughs> what do you make of the Orlando Brown signing? Fire or fizzle west? Well, the pettiness of this move. You're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals taking him away from what is becoming their rival in Kansas City. He was the left tackle of one Patrick Mahomes. Now he will be blocking for his rival in Joe Burrow. Okay, AFC contenders, this is one of the best new rivalries out. Last season, he had six penalties, allowed four sacks in 1,133 snaps. 75.8 overall grade, though, from PFF. And we know Patrick Mahomes likes to move around in that pocket. But as far as that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, I mean, good Lord, Joe Burrow, you got to give him all the credit in the world that he's not back there in a neck brace and 14 knee braces and things like that, looking <laughs> like Dan Marino from about 1995. But the Bengals taking Orlando Brown Jr. from a rival is straight fire. I love the pettiness of it, and I hope that Nick Bosa is able to take advantage of this in the Super Bowl. The pettiness is a key point. Against Kansas City. Love that you included this and talked about the pettiness. Never have I been able to guess more what you're going to go with in these first three. But the NFL teams shunning running backs from big paydays. We all know where you're going here, too. <laughs> but just go ahead and etch it in stone, Wes. Is this a fire or, most likely, fizzle move? Well, this has been one of the hottest topics of the offseason. You've got running backs all over the place now. They've got a group chat. They've got... Uh, they've gotten on podcasts. We saw Saquon Barkley pretty much give the Giants a thinly veiled threat. We see Austin Eckler talking about he wants to hear from NFL owners and decision makers why that the NFL position that has tons of Hall of Famers, tons of men who have carried their teams to Super Bowls offensively is all of a sudden being devalued. You're talking about one of the true workhorses of the team. Okay. I've always grown up loving running backs, and that's why Walker said what he said. They were among my favorite players. There are so many great Hall of Fame running backs over the years. And when it comes to NFL owners, NFL coaches and teams shunning running backs, it is straight fizzle. Get out of here. Disrespect. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. Trading for Jalen Ramsey, the highest-rated cornerback, according to Madden 24, and an all-time cornerback that ever played in the ACC, I believe making your Mount Rushmore list, if I'm that not mistaken. Did. So you tell me, Wes, Miami trading for Jalen Ramsey, was it fire or was it physical? Well, Miami, let's just start with the fact that it's one of my favorite cities in the entire world. Okay, let's just start there. All right, there's no better place for people to go. Welcome to the city when the heat is on. That's right. Then when you talk about the last few seasons, this is a franchise that perennially underachieves. It doesn't matter who you have outside of old Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka and all those guys that went undefeated. But other than that, this has been a franchise that has just been historically underachieving, choking my Niners, bludgeoned them in the Super Bowl. Okay, when they had a chance to play them. And I believe their only other Super Bowl appearance besides the one when they went undefeated. So now they've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert and Tua Tonga Vailoa and all these guys, Bradley Chubb, you name it. And then they go out and get Jalen Ramsey. That's supposed to be the final piece to make them an AFC contender. Last year, he gave up 
56 receptions on 86 targets. He had a 77.8 coverage grade from PFF. 86.4 overall grade, though, and had four interceptions, but had a 98.6 passer rating allowed. When it comes to the Dolphins trading for Jalen Ramsey, it is straight fizzle. I think Jalen Ramsey is overrated. He talks too much and as a a 49er fan, gets on my damn nerves all the time. Wow. I did not expect that one. Yeah, I I knew you did. I thought it was easy the first three. That one I did not see coming after making a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Fizzle move for Miami. Last one. It's <laughs> Fitty's favorite quarterback to his favorite team. The Jets, they traded for Aaron Rodgers. They got that man that was tripping on ayahuasca and went to a very dark place for his own mental health. Do you think all of that is fire or fizzle with this move watching Aaron Rodgers go to New York City? <sighs> I know that I've given you guys great background on every player on this list. And giving you stats and facts and figures as to why I felt the move was what it was. But for this one, I don't need one. I don't need one to tell you about a straight jerk. A guy that chokes in the playoffs perennially. That my 49ers have owned. That has pedestrian games in the playoffs. But everybody still acts like is the boogeyman. The finger pointer. The selfish quarterback that he is. I probably could go to the dump button today if I really felt like it, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let him take me to points that low. And then the New York Jets, another perennial choking franchise. All they do is lose. So what a proper place for Aaron Rodgers to go and get their hopes up, only to let them down like he did the people of Green Bay that wore those stupid cheese hats for all those years. Just a guy that just, I just can't tell you enough. I judge quarterbacks by if I would like to block for him enough or not. But when I tell you about Aaron Rodgers, he might get the Willie Beeman treatment. I might just let somebody come through unabated and smoke him and just tell him that's just for you being the bleep hole that you are. Wow. So when it comes to the New York Jets signing Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be full of disappointment and heartbreak, and it is straight Fizzle, get it out of here. And I'm not saying anything I wouldn't tell him to his face. Get him out of here. Cut the music off. Yeah, that was uh, us listening to Kevin Garnett quite a bit in those last three. In fact, (laughs) Rowdy, he wanted to get on the action, telling Fitty to turn the music off. He said, didn't feel like cooking last night. He did Wes's advice on Jim and Nick's smoked wings with white sauce. They were straight, all caps, fire. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. My favorite wing by far. And Rowdy, with an excellent exclamation point, turn that damn music off That's is right, what baby. Rowdy told Fitty to Turn do. that music off! He did it. He talked to you about the best NFL offseason moves. We'll come back with one more hour to go. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.